Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. My name is Bertina. This is Lauren. Um, for me, I've been in Taiwan for about 10 years, and I've been part of this church family uh, even longer than that, but um, part of the servant leadership team here alongside uh, Lauren. Yeah, and good morning. Am I on? Okay. Um, I am Lauren. I have been here for two years now in Taipei. I came from Austin, Texas, and so we've adjusted to the humidity, I think, so far, but it's taken about two years to do that. And I serve also on the servant leadership team in charge of family ministry. So we're here this morning. Good morning. Welcome. And we're here to talk about the red letter challenge that is starting today. Yes. Okay, so for those of you who it may be your first time here, you only just saw the video, but for those of us who have been <laughs> coming to church for a while um, and you've been hearing us talking about Red Letter Challenge, who is excited to start? We're starting tomorrow. Woo! All right, this side's ready. That was like, <laughs> that was a little weak sauce. All right, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, there we go, there we go. Okay, so... Um, as a church family, we've been also doing um, the daily Bible reading plan um, since the beginning of the year. And so when Red Letter Challenge starts tomorrow, we're actually going to put that on pause so that we can focus on the next 40 days in this Red Letter, Red Letter Challenge. Um, but I've loved being able to um, read people's comments and kind of do this journey together. And so this Red Letter Challenge is kind of like leveling up, you know, and getting to do this together um, for the next 40 days. Um, as you can see, like I mentioned, Lauren and I are sitting here today, a little different setup, and our hope is to help introduce um, this challenge, but have a little more uh, intimate feel like a fireside chat and obviously we're in Taiwan so it's really hot and no humid campfire. so there's no fire um we have flowers but, yeah that's all we got for y'all today chat. We yeah called it flower side okay I like that flower yeah. side chat flower side flower right. side chat okay I mean we think it's funny I don't know about everybody else there they're yeah. warming up they're warming yeah, up. yeah yeah okay so the next 40 days um I think will really give all of us the opportunity to for the following things and we're going to talk about a little bit more today knowing Jesus representing Jesus well and pointing others to Jesus yeah, and I know we all want to do these three things, right? We want to know Jesus well. We want to represent him well to other people, and that way we can point them to Jesus. But I don't know about you guys, but I know I've definitely messed that up before. And so we were trying to think of some funny examples. Apparently, I have more than Bertina of messing up. So I'll give you two quick ones. Um, one for all the students out there. Uh, I, in undergrad, took a stellar astronomy class for a science elective. It was super interesting, but as a business major, like the vocabulary was not anything I was used to. So before an exam, I had to cram really hard, like, because white dwarfs and red dwarfs, like, were not part of my vocabulary. So anyway, I had my note cards. They were color-coded. I crammed for this exam that I could have sworn to you was on a Tuesday. Showed up no exam. And I was like, sweet. I get to hang out. I get an extra 48 hours to study, except my brain totally moved on to something else. And then there was Wednesday classes and then I forgot to cram again. So, um, does anyone cram and then forget everything the second you walk out of the room? Okay. So that's what happened. And then I showed up Thursday to my worst nightmare, which was there was an exam and I was not ready. So totally 
did not do that very well. Um, and then another example for all of you who are foreigners, um, apparently for the last 18 months, up until maybe a month ago, I have been asking for a shigua, which is a watermelon, instead of a shiguan, which is a drinking straw. So everyone at 7-Eleven has been really nice to me um, and not corrected me to my face, but I've definitely been messing that up. I think the mask maybe helped me because they were like, okay, I think she's saying straw. So <laughs> anyways, the point is, um, we don't want to miss out when we are trying to point other people to Jesus. And to do that well, we're going backwards. We have to represent him well. And to do that well, we have to know Jesus. Yeah, so those are some funny, funnier examples with not too big of consequences, I think, aside from, you know, not setting I for mean, that watermelons exam. are only in season yeah, yeah, for a certain yeah. amount of time, so it's okay. Yeah. But I think as Christians, you know, we can be known for often like missing what God is doing and some of the things that God has placed right in front of us. Um, if you think of, um, you know, in the Old Testament and the Israelites, they had the message of Jesus, right? They had all these prophecies pointing to Jesus's life, his birth, his death in very specific detail. Um, but then when Jesus was here, they many just completely missed him and what God was doing. And and so even like um, Jesus's followers, like um, Peter, um, he's one of my favorites. I don't know if any of you watched the series, the Chosen series. Have y'all heard of it? Yeah, I love that series. And I love how the people in the Bible are really brought to life in their personalities and their relationship. And Peter's like one of my favorites, but you see him constantly like putting his foot in his mouth or like trying to go ahead of Jesus or trying to like really bring down the hammer. And he's like asking or believing Jesus to be someone who Jesus is not and not what he came to do. And so those are just some of the examples I think of people um, missing God and what he's doing right in front of them. So I think um, many times as followers of Jesus, we do have these good intentions, um, but we can completely miss out on the opportunities Jesus has for us. He gives us the opportunity to be his disciples, to partner with them and to walk with him. In Matthew 9, 37, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Um, we know that there's work to be done, um, and Jesus invites us to be those workers alongside of him. Um, other points in the Bible, um, like in 1 Corinthians, I don't think I have that, uh, 3, 9, it talks about co-workers or co-laborers in Christ. Um, it says, we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And I think it's really quite incredible that God of all... <laughs> Uh, creation of the universe, he invites us to partner with him, to co-work with him. And when he calls us, when we receive Jesus at that point of salvation, that's, it doesn't just end there, actually. It's just the beginning um, of our, of our life, of a relationship with God. And God gets, God calls us even as we're imperfect human beings to do this thing with him, to do his will on earth. Um, and he's literally invited us to be his co-workers, to partner with him in spreading the good news and bringing freedom and healing and, and peace and all of that to the earth. Um, and one thing I wanted to just briefly share, because when I think of workers, um, like my mind kind of goes into like, okay, work mode, like, like get it done, perform, that kind of a thing. And I think maybe in our mentality, maybe it's how I grew up or in our Asian culture or context, it can be like a workspace mentality. And so I just want to um, like differentiate, like being a worker, a coworker of God with being a workspace religion, which is quite common. Right. Um, but that's not what 
Christianity is obviously. So, um, I'm reminded of this verse. Sorry, I'm speaking really fast, right? Okay, let me slow it down. Um, in Ephesians 2.10, um, was one of my verses that I really held on to when I um, first became a Christian. And it says, for it's by grace you've been saved, not by works. Um, we've been saved through Amen. faith, right? Amen. Not, not of ourselves. Um, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that we can't boast. And we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And so just emphasizing that, that, um, we're not saved by our good works, but we are called to do good works um, because God's prepared those for us. Um, so in talking about being God's co-workers, um, you know, how are we doing? That's the question we're going to be asking today. How are we representing Jesus? Yeah, so when I think about Jesus, some of the words that come to my mind are that he's full of grace, he's full of love, he's kind, merciful, um, if you ask people what they think of Jesus followers, uh, this is sometimes you'll get a mixed response, right? Um, some people say positive things. Some people say negative things. And ultimately what matters is the people that we're trying to reach It's the question is like, what do they think? If we're representing Jesus, what do they think when they see us? And so the people that started this study did a five-year research project where they surveyed millions of young Americans and they asked them those things. And they wanted to know what do people who don't go to church in America think about American Christians? And so so unfortunately, the results were that many people see Jesus followers as judgmental, hypocritical, um, people that are, here's all the things I'm against, right? Instead of the things I'm for, that they're un, uh, out of touch, insensitive, maybe just boring, right? 50% um, of people actually said those negative views were based on people that they personally had interacted with. So when it's... As the authors wrote here, they said many of those outside of Christianity, they actually reject Jesus because they feel rejected by Christians, right? So this is not great news if we're trying to represent Jesus who wants to include us. And so as we sit here in Taipei, maybe it's easy to say, well, that's just Americans, right? Um, so let's talk about Taiwanese Christians for a second. So in talking to some friends here that we know who are not involved in the church and doing some research as well with missionaries who have tried to reach out to the um, Taiwanese culture, um, basically they said, you know, there might be a favorable impression of foreign missionaries because they've come with really good programs to kind of help with physical needs and they've brought, you know, a lot of enthusiasm with their belief system. Um, but in terms of the Taiwanese Christians, uh, they're also viewed as very conservative, very rigid. You know, um, a lot of the questions that people would ask are, you know, why can't you just go through the motions to honor your family? right? Even if you don't believe it, why can't you, why do you have to be so strict and, you know, out of touch, right? Um, and so the fact is, if we are all broken and sinners, right, we do all, as I tell my kids, we all make mistakes, right? So the goal is that if we are all broken sinners, then we've probably all come to that conclusion that we've messed up, right? When we've tried to represent Christ to other people. And so the bottom line is on the slide that I went too fast in, whoops, there it is. They got me covered. We need to know Jesus, like really know him if we want to represent Jesus well. Yeah. And when I see that word know, I think there's a lot of different degrees of what that means to us. Like when you know somebody um, and I think of um, like on Facebook or on Instagram, you have a lot of followers, you have a friend, you have a lot of friends. Right. But how many of those followers or friends do you really know? you know, um, you know, <laughs> um, 
if you have like a thousand plus friends, how many of them do you really know versus you just know about or they were acquaintance that you met through a friend, right? And so I think that's just something to think about um, as we're talking about knowing Jesus well. Um, there's this knowing him versus knowing about him. And I think I'm reminded of the Hebrew word yada, which um, is primarily used in um, relationships, specifically in covenant. So in the Bible, there's many examples, but um, one of them being God making a covenant with Abraham and giving him the promises of um, having you know thousands of descendants or um, even Adam and Eve in a marriage covenant. And so there's this knowing that's through um, experience and it's knowing intimately. Um, for me personally, I can say that growing up, I just knew Jesus as the statue hanging on the crucifix at church and not having any personal relationship. And I was actually quite hypocritical because I would go to church and be very proud of being very good, very religious, but, you know, I would be very loving and forgiving towards other people, but I had a lot of bitterness or offense towards my own dad. Um, or like I would really pride myself on wanting to say pure, um, um, until marriage, but I would push the boundary, you know, and causing a lot of hurt for myself and the people that I was um, dating and around me. Um, and so um, it really wasn't until I accepted Jesus that I obviously got to know him more personally, but then I desired to want to know him even more um, through that. And so there's that difference. Um, we need to know Jesus, not just know about him or like what's out there through other people. Um, yeah. And I know you mentioned before, you know, you want to live a life that reflects him. And so I love Bertina always has plays on words. So she's like, you know, we need to represent Jesus well, but we need to represent Jesus well. So didn't mean to steal your thunder, but you missed that part. So I got you covered. Okay. So um, when I think about um, Ephesians, or sorry, we talked about Ephesians. When I think about second Corinthians, there's that verse that talks about how we are ambassadors of Christ. So we've talked about being co-laborers, but we're also ambassadors of Christ. And so I was thinking more about this concept of being an ambassador um, and an embassy. And so I go the wrong way and here we are. So the thought is that if we think about ambassadors, their job is to represent their home country. And so they do that in their culture. They're bringing their culture, their language, their traditions, their food, customs and practices and mannerisms, right? And so they're bringing all of those things as a foreigner to a new location. Um, and the point of doing that is to show other people what their home country is like, right? So in the same way, an embassy is actually that environment where they're replicating that culture on foreign soil. And so for us, as I think about this idea of being an ambassador of Christ, I really love thinking about we are the ambassadors. So we are bringing into the world, right? Foreign soil, what it looks like to represent the culture of heaven, right? Which means that wherever we live, we're creating an environment that's going to steward the culture of heaven. So those are things that I talk to my kids about when we invite people into our home or when we're away from our home, we're always either at our embassy showing people what Christ is like, or we're ambassadors going out showing people what Christ is like. So yeah, yes. I like that play on words, and um, it, it's a good reminder when I think of representing Jesus and then thinking, yeah, I'm a representative of Jesus, but I'm also representing him to the world, and, and that's, like, what I try to live by, and so I think, like, if we 
if we know that Jesus represents, he's known for grace, but then we as, as followers of him, as his church are judgmental, then we're completely missing the mark, right? They're totally different on opposite sides of each other. And if Jesus is known for unity, but we're divided or divisive, then we're missing the mark there. And even with, um, like Jesus being known for good works, but we're being hypocritical. We're also missing the mark. And so with this red letter challenge, um, what I love, it's really born out of this desire to represent the real Jesus and um, give the right impression, expression of who he is. Um, so that, you know, I think when people get to see who Jesus really is and we know who he really is, like more people will fall in love with him. Like who wouldn't fall in love with a Jesus who is loving and gracious and merciful um, and kind? Whoa. Um, I think, yeah, the world really needs to know um, who Jesus is. I totally lost my spot. So let me scroll down. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned that with every nation, I mean, that's what we really try to do here as a part of our DNA. So for us, yeah. Yeah, I think um, in in talking about um, this picture of Jesus, we can have, you know, a lot of churches, they may want to just aim for drawing people in or having a good program, right? Um, but we may not be effective in actually growing um, spiritual, uh, spiritually mature people um, and um followers of Jesus. And so for our church, as many of you may know already, our mission is to love God, love people, and Maybe. oh man, we got to get more people knowing our mission. It's okay, very we're gonna, simple. We're going to do it one more yeah, time. Love God, love people, and make disciples. Super simple and is. biblical, right? Um, and so even with this, that's clear, that's um, clear cut. Um, how do we do this? There's maybe so much noise or distraction, um, like on how do we, who do we trust for this? How do we know what to shoot for? Yeah. So when we were talking about like, what do you shoot for as a target examples? I was reminded that every Saturday morning for the last probably four months, my nephew in Virginia has been doing bow hunting and archery. So we've been hearing updates on his archery contests and how he's able to hit the bullseye, which I would have pulled up a video of me doing axe throwing, but that's like the closest I have to bullseye hitting. And I don't know even how that's possible, but in two hours they teach you, yeah, you have double arms and you launch this ridiculously large axe. So in Texas, this is what we do for fun. I guess people don't do that here. <laughs> I don't think we have that Bad here. example. Okay, people are like, we need to leave now. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we've been hearing about this bow and arrow archery situation, um, but since you guys don't know my nephew, we thought we'd use a better example from the 2004 Olympics where there was a sharpshooter named Matthew Emmons. And he actually was at the time, arguably the greatest sharpshooter in the world. So the question that year in the Olympics was not who's going to win the gold. It was clearly obvious he was going to win. And the question was who's second and third place and like how even close could they possibly get? So into the last round where he needed to just hit the target, um, he actually fired, looked straight, fired, hit the bullseye. And then when he lifted his rifle, you see this face on the far side. He actually did what's called a crossfire. So he hit the target or he hit the bullseye on someone else's target. So he got a score of zero. He needed like a score of seven or something, right? And he, perfect 10 would have been what he actually got had it been his real target. And so because he got a zero, he ended up placing eighth and he didn't even get a medal. 
So in thinking of this example, like he's the number one best sharpshooter in the world at the Olympics, like the stakes are high, but because he hadn't crossfired in like seven years, he didn't think that was something he needed to focus on. So he just got his eyes set and he shot and he did what he thought he needed to do, but he totally missed the mark. And so, you know, when we think about missing the mark, um, we don't want to do that, right? We don't want to think that we're aiming for a target of really pointing people to Jesus and what we point them to is something completely off. And we may have accomplished our goal. They may have learned everything we tried to teach them, right? When I think of a parenting perspective, like are my parents, or, I mean, are my kids really understanding and absorbing everything I'm teaching them? But sometimes if I see them in public, right? I'm like, ooh, that target's a little off. We got to move that back, move that back. So anyway, I think the point is if we shoot at or we focus on the wrong thing, then we're never going to hit what we actually want to hit. Yeah, I think as Christians, we can have the best intentions. But um, if we're succeeding at things that don't actually matter um, in our faith, then we can sometimes do more harm than good. Um, and then, you know, when we think about these targets, if we're if the targets we're hitting are judgmental, divisive, hypocritical, um, racist, out of touch, old fashioned, or just like straight up boring, like I don't think that's the target at all. Like we're aiming completely at the wrong targets if we use that example that um, Jesus set out for us. Um, and so um, I think even in our faith, um, there may be so many answers to what it looks like to follow Jesus. Um, and so again, we need to be clear on, on, you know, what do we trust and what are we aiming for? Um, some people who've been following Jesus for decades, they can even struggle on, on a daily basis of what it may look like to follow Jesus. And so, um, how do we know what to aim for? And I think, this is the thing behind Red Alert Challenge, and here's a thought, you know, just throwing it out there. You know, what if we actually looked at what Jesus said, um, like who, um, what Jesus said in the Bible, um, take the words that he actually um, spoke and put them into practice in our daily lives. Um, yeah, Which, what if just we, to interject? Yeah. yeah. So the red letters, if you guys are not familiar with that, um, certain translations or views of your Bible, they'll take the words that Jesus said and they'll be red, which is separate from the rest of the text, which is black. Um, I think there's a setting in your version app that you can do to actually see that if you want. And that's what this is based off of is they took the literal red letters of what Jesus said, and then they went through and analyzed it. So yeah. not to interrupt, but some of us have been in church for a long time and only knew that red letters existed and that yeah. didn't seem like a thing. And I know other people, if you're new to Christianity or you've been reading on an app for a long time, maybe that doesn't really look like that in your view. Yeah. Um, and so some of you may be wondering like, wait, like that's the big idea behind red letter challenge. Like just take the words of Jesus and yeah, that's basically it. You know, we're taking the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. And so, um, as Jason had mentioned earlier, everything that we're doing over these 40 days, um, in this book in that you'll do, um, in our, in your personal devotional time, um, everything we're going to be talking about in our connect groups. Um, and then here on Sundays, um, it's all stems from what Jesus actually said. Um, and so it turns out the greatest sermon ever preached, you know, it, it was, he gave us the keys already to following him in Matthew, uh, seven, 24 to 27, you see on this screen, it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So imagine this uh, scripture, and let me put it in Taiwanese context, maybe. Like, imagine um, Fulong Beach, right, or Ilan, and building a house on that sand, like, what would you be thinking, right? How foolish would that be to build on such an un, um, unstable foundation like that? It would be foolish. Yeah, and I, I mean, I love how clear that Jesus is. Like, he's very clear with what it means to follow him. And he says that people who hear his words and they build on that foundation, it's building on rock. Like, it's an example even kids can follow. And there's other scripture that, you know, talks about in Luke 11, 8. Um, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So again, like, if someone's counseling you not to build on the sand, you're not going to be like, that's nice, but I really wanted to build here anyway, right? Like, we're actually doing what he said. And then in James 1.22, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Yeah. So that's the big idea, to change the picture of um, what we're giving Jesus. We're going to take Jesus's words and uh, the ones that are written in the red letters and put them into practice, literally, in our lives. And that's a very unoriginal idea, but but I think revolutionary idea um, that I think will really change our daily lives and how we interact, how we um, relate with Jesus and also um, the world in which we live. Yeah, and we believe here at Every Nation that following Jesus is not a burden, but it's the single greatest opportunity that each of us have in our lives. And I know that in Taiwan, there's a lot of religious conversation. There's a lot of religion and religious things around you, no matter where you go. And so we have a lot of awareness of eternity, this concept of eternal life. I mean, it is discussed all the time, even my husband in the workplace, right? They, they're they still talking about this concept of after someone dies, what happens? And so thinking about eternity, that's a really long time. Um, and so we really want to give people a proper perspective of what it looks like to follow Jesus and that hope that they have in eternal life, which really does speak to the people here in Taiwan. But there's also that immediate benefit of following Jesus. There's peace and hope and reconciliation that we get in this life today. And so ultimately, if we're offering that to other people through Christ, if knowing and loving God results in that peace and hope now and for eternity, again, we go back to those three things that we're trying to do. We, we really need to know Jesus intimately. We need to be able to um, point other people to him when we represent him well. And so again, this is the Red Letter Challenge. It's a 40-day life-changing discipleship experience. And so we've said it before, but I'll say it again. We're going to pause our daily reading plan in the app. If you want to keep doing that and add on um, that to the Red Letter Challenge, you can do that. But these books have our reading plan for the next 40 days. And then um, when we pick up the plan again, when we finish Red Letter Challenge, we'll pick back up uh, to our daily reading plan. So that was just a side announcement. But I love that when this group, when they created the Red Letter Challenge, they really pulled out from those red letters three big things. And they called, they, they focused on what Jesus called 
his disciples to do, what he commanded them to do, and then what he asked his followers to do. And so when they analyze those three things, what Jesus called people to do, commanded them to do, and asked them to do, it really gave five clear targets that they wanted people to shoot for as Jesus followers. And so those five targets, they're on our t-shirts, um, there are five principles. So the first one is being. And Jesus talks about so many times the importance of spending time with him, just being with God. I mean, he left his disciples many times to go off and pray and spend time with his father. And so in our lives, I mean, before Jesus asks us to do anything for him, um, before he asks us to do anything through him or in his name, he asks us to just spend time with him. And so our relationship with him actually influences how effective we are when we go out to do those things for Jesus. So being is where we will start next week. And that'll be what builds up in your small groups for week one. Yep. And then the second one, as you can see, is forgiving. Um, Jesus is all about grace. Um, and for a lot of us, including myself, I think um, it's really hard to, to receive something free like grace and free like Jesus's forgiveness. Um, and so um, when we talk about forgiveness, it We'll, we'll go through God's forgiveness and it can even mean needing to forgive um, ourselves, which can be quite hard. And so we think that to truly represent Jesus in this world, we have to have this great understanding of God's forgiveness so that we are able to also extend that grace and forgiveness to others. Yeah. And after that forgiveness, it's really easier for us to think, okay, thank you, God, for the, all the forgiveness you've given to me. Now I want to do something for you. So we move into serving and thinking about going out into our community, serving other people, um, really helping those in need, loving our neighbor. I mean, it really is spurring us on to do good works and, and do go out and serve for in his name. Yes. And then we have giving as the fourth principle. Um, Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven more than anything um, when he was walking the earth. And then the second thing, a close second was money, which I actually forgot about, but it's good to know because, you know, we want to be a giving people and Christians aren't meant to be stingy, but to be generous, just as God has been generous um, with us and towards us. And so as followers of him, um, we'll learn how to be giving and generous. Yes, and the last one is going. And so it's actually no coincidence that in each of the Gospels, at the end of each of the Gospels, and at the end of the book of Acts, mm -hmm. all of it is a commission to go out and share the Gospel. And so Jesus calls us not just to be his hands and feet to the community, but to go and spread the word to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so if we're supposed to go out there and tell the good news that Jesus died on the cross, forgave us for our sins, if we are really living out in that forgiveness, then that's what we have naturally as a message to share to other people. And so over the next 40 days, um, we did mention when we were planning, you know, that it's a 40 day challenge. And um, if you've noticed in the past in the Bible, the 40 days is a time of trial and suffering. Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. There's a lot of examples of 40. Um, so we're going to work on we're really selling this. Yeah, challenge. we're going to work on it not <laughs> being suffering suffer. because we're going to be we're going to be with Jesus first and we're not going to we're going to feel that love and forgiveness. Okay. So anyway, these are our five targets, being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And so when we think about doing this well, 
we were thinking about, you know, when you go on a trip or on a journey, you want to start well and you want to pack for that journey well. So this is what week one is, is we're really putting things into our backpacks, hypothetically, packing for this trip. So there were two uh, reminders, I guess, that we wanted to share for how we do that well. So the first one is that we will invite Jesus into... We were excited. There we go. They're trying to help me in the back. I'm just going to stop. Thank you. You guys got it. The first one is we are going to invite Jesus into our red letter challenge experience. And so, I mean, the question kind of is like, I mean, isn't this about Jesus? Like, clearly he's invited. We're reading. I mean, it's like Alanis Morissette, right? Uninvited song. Okay. Anyway, Jesus is not uninvited. Like, why are we having to invite him? Um, But the point is, uh, I was reminded of this um, concept that a mentor told me several years ago about the do and be cycle. So we'll go to that slide where when you think about there's do, which is the actions that you take and that influences who you become, right? And so then the more that you're changed and, and become someone new, the more that influences what you actually do. So when I think about a practical example, um, reading the Bible, like getting into the habit of reading God's word every day, it might start with, I'm just doing it because I have a goal of trying to have a daily quiet time, but spending time in the Lord's word really changes who I become. And then the more I become like Jesus, the more I find myself wanting to do the things that he's asking me to do, which is to spend time with him. And so, you know, for me, um, I'm pretty, I think maybe it's American or maybe it's just me. I'm like pretty hardcore. So when I hear a 40-day challenge, I'm like, let's do this. Like, we just brought the Texas. I'm like, Texas, Texas, we're going to do this, okay? (laughs) We go big or go home. That's what we do in Texas, okay? So like, I'm in it. I got the outfit. I got my daily reminders. I'm like, we're going to do this. So for me, it's like super easy to be a doer. And I really miss, uh, I really have to focus myself on the B part. So I, I think the goal is to be balanced, but I don't, I don't know for you, Bertina. For me, I'm like a hardcore do. I'm like the, my husband goes on a business trip and I'm like, this is the time to do a juice fast and reorganize my closet and like totally ha- pack half of my stuff in the, in the winter bin, like she doing was it. telling me this the other I'm like, right? you're getting ready. Okay. Bertina's like, nope. I'm, I'm not like nope. that. No, it's funny because okay. we're like really opposite in that way. I'm on the you other do side of the cycle <laughs> in a way. Yeah, I think it's I'm like all about like, I just want to soak and like be still and be with the Lord and linger. But I mean, I still want to I want to get things done, but that would be my preference. And I think like it is a balance, you know, I need to prioritize being with Jesus first, um, because then I think that's my motivation. If I get into just doing, like I was saying earlier, it can easily just become like performance and kind of lose like why I'm even doing and get into that good works mode. Um, And I can completely miss Jesus in that way. And so for me, it's like um, being with Jesus, connecting with him, then Mm. the doing is more like an overflow and it's more genuine, I guess, for me. I mean, so the point I think is whether you're more of a doer, whether that's more natural, whether it's more natural for you to be a beer, um, we just want to invite Jesus into that process so that he can help us do both of those things. And I mean, how crazy would it be if we went through one of these challenges and we did all the do, like for me, right? We did all the do things, but we didn't actually grow in our relationship with Christ because we didn't fully spend time just being with him. Um, And so invite Jesus into the Red Letter Challenge. The second point would be to invite others 
into your red letter challenge experience. And so the idea is that, you know, some of the things that Jesus asks us to do, I mean, like for me, it's the first week, so it's going to be great trying to be. Um, for others, it might be the forgiving or the serving. Like we're going to be stepping into a lot of new areas, um, and it's going to be a little uncomfortable, I think, when we're really challenged to do what Jesus tells us to do. So we definitely need support, support from each other, support from the community. And so that's why we don't want you to do this alone. This is not, here's your books, and we'll check in 40 days, and we'll check the box, right? Yeah. The goal is that, like, Bertina said, we're going to be doing this in community, in our community groups. We'll be doing a 40-day daily individual plan. And we actually have, uh, for the kids, if you are a parent, we're getting one kid's book per family. And there's activities for them. You can, If they're not reading yet, you can read to them. But there's conversation that happens every day for 40 days with your kids in your family for you to really go through this together. And so when I think about... Um, the daily personal devotions, day one starts tomorrow. And then we've got connect groups. And yes. so we have 17, 17 connect groups and we're growing. If we have people that want to join a connect group, you can do that today. We've got the QR code in the back that you can scan. Um, Armand is in the back with tables and with the books that you can get if you're part of a group and you're joining us in that challenge. And then also we have an on-site option yes. during the week yeah um on wednesday nights and thursday nights some of the um already established connect groups will be moving here but um other um open connect groups will also be meeting here wednesday night at 7 p.m and thursday night at 7 p.m um for those weeks that we'll be doing the challenge together awesome so yeah and lastly we'll be doing it individually in groups and then we said sunday sermons so for the next five sundays we will be going through each of those five targets so we're really kind of soaking in this right we're really getting absorbed in hitting those targets being really clear with how we can do and be all of those things for Jesus. Yeah. So invite Jesus, invite others. Um, and I think, you know, to really put Christ's words into practice, we need Jesus and we need the support of others. Um, and so we really hope that um, today is just an introduction and kind of laying out um, the, the challenge for all of us. And we hope these things for us as we go through the red letter challenge that, um, we really pray that if you do this, um, that you'll be led to spend more time with God who loves you, um, that you'll forgive people you never thought you would be able to, and that person may even be yourself, um, that you'll serve and sacrifice more than you did before. Um, you'll become a more generous person, and you will become bolder and courageous in what you say and how you live. Um, and so as you work on these uh, five principles over the weeks um, that come through Jesus' teaching, we um, really truly believe that um, your life, all our lives will be um, rewarding and that um, you'll be better be able to know Jesus, to um, represent him well, and to point others to Jesus. Um, and I really think that there's no... Um, greater cause than the cause of living for Christ. Um, that's what we're talking about, right? Um, after after all that he's done for us, all that he's given us, um, all that he's overcome in our life, um, there's nothing I know that I would rather do than um, to follow after him and to be his expression, his representative, to represent him um, in this world and help others find life in him. And so, um, Amen. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So we just want to invite you all to join in on this. Um, and, um, we're just going to close in prayer and just to bless each of us as we go, um, 
get this challenge on. All right? All right, let's pray. Father God, we just bless your name. We thank you, God, um, for this time that we have together. And as we um, embark on this journey over the next 40 days, I pray, God, that we would just have um, such a uh, increased level of expectation um, not to, you know, just go through this challenge just to get it done um, and say that we did it, um, but that we would truly invite you into our lives, that we would expect to meet with you, to know you, um, encounter you through your word, um, by your spirit. I pray that um, in our um, connect groups and in our time with you, um, in our personal devotion time, and even in our uh, sermons on Sundays, God, um, I thank you, Father, that we would um, know you more um, to be able to represent you well and to point others to know you as well. Um, thank you, Father God, that you would um, be our great encouragement along the way, that you cheer us on, that we'd be able to sharpen one another through this, that you just be really building us up together in you um, and even through these life-giving relationships that um, you have placed around us, God. Um, fill us up, build us up, God, and help us to be your um, representatives here. Um, we thank you for this. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.